It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Greetings and welcome to another episode of Pucks and Cups, where I look at the early hockey history of Canada. If you'd like to support the podcast, you can. Just go to patreon.com slash CanadaEHX. You can also donate to the podcast by going to CanadaEHX.com and clicking donate. Don't forget, I have two other podcasts out there, Canadian History X and From John to Justin, available on all podcast platforms. Only a few NHL players have awards named after them. The Vezina, the Art Ross, the Rocket Richard, to name a few. One award created to honor the NHL players who are leaders on the ice and in their communities is the King Clancy Memorial Trophy. Today, I'm looking at the legendary player they called King. Francis Michael Clancy was born on February 25, 1903 in Ottawa, and it was from his father he would gain the nickname King. At the time, his father played football for Ottawa and was called King Clancy because he was known as the King of the Healers on the team. That nickname would eventually transfer down to Frank, becoming his pseudo-name for the rest of his life. Growing up in Ottawa, Clancy would see the legendary Ottawa Senators team dominating hockey in Canada. Clancy first gained notice in Ottawa while playing for the St. Joseph's High School and then the City Munitions Junior Squad. Clancy would relate his first memories of playing hockey in Ottawa, saying in his biography, quote, The first memory I have of playing hockey was when I was a little gaffer growing up in Ottawa. I played for the fun of it. I really enjoyed myself going out there on those cold winter days, walking four or five miles to the river just to play shinny with the boys. One of his first pair of skates was actually handed down to him by Eddie Girard, who was a winger with the Ottawa Senators, and who Clancy would one day play with. In 1918-19, he began a three-year stint with the St. Bridget's squad before starting his NHL career as a defenseman with the Ottawa Senators in 1921-22. During his trial with the team prior to his first year, everybody noticed him and was soon signed by the team. Ironically, he was still wearing those same skates that Gerard gave him. Clancy would debut with the Senators on December 17, 1921 at the age of 17, weighing only 150 pounds. He would score in his first game as well, an overtime win against Hamilton. He describes those days saying, quote, I played with some wonderful fellows on the Ottawa team, and it's a funny thing, but although they were tough on me and gave me a rough ride when I first worked out with them, once I got to be a bona fide member of the team, I got more encouragement from the players of the Ottawa club than I ever thought was possible. That first year, he would record 10 points in 24 games, followed by 5 points in 24 games the next season. In that second season, he helped the Senators win the Stanley Cup. Clancy would say, quote, Capturing the hockey championship of the world was the greatest thing that ever happened to me. After earning $800 for the season and then collecting $750 in one shot for the playoffs, I was a rich man. Known for his small size, Clancy was also tough and fast and would not back down from any fight. One anecdote states that Clancy started 1,000 fights and never won a single one. 
One Toronto journalist described Clancy as having a face like a Dublin back alley. And one legend says that Clancy once challenged an unruly Boston fan to have it out with him after the game. He found out after that he was trying to pick a fight with Jack Sharkey, the heavyweight boxing champion. Another story tells of when Clancy went up against Harold Starr of the Rangers. Starr, who was also a professional wrestler, picked up Clancy, spun him around in an airplane spin, and threw him into the lap of a spectator. Clancy would say in the book The Mad Men of Hockey, quote, I guess I had a hundred stitches in my face, but I was never what you'd call good-looking. I always said you never get hurt as long as you play with reckless abandon. Clancy was also highly versatile. On March 31, 1923, in a Stanley Cup game against the Edmonton Eskimos, Clancy became the first hockey player to play every single position in a playoff game. After the goalie, Clint Benedict, was given a two-minute penalty, requiring him to serve his own time in the penalty box, Clancy went and played goal for two minutes. The Senators would win the Stanley Cup again in 1927, and Clancy's point totals continued to increase. In 1929-30, he recorded 40 points in 44 games but that would prove to be his last season with his hometown team. Over the course of his seasons with the Senators, he hit double digits for goals three times and was known for using every trick he could to defend his zone. By this point, as we remember from my episode on the Ottawa Senators, they were in dire financial stress and had begun selling off prized players. No player on the team was as prized as that of King Clancy. Toronto manager Con Smythe was a great admirer of Clancy and would pay $35,000 or $541,500 today, along with two players to bring Clancy to the Maple Leafs. The story of how Smythe was able to afford Clancy is a tale unto itself. The Leafs' board of directors would only give him $25,000 to get Clancy, which was half what the Senators wanted. In order to get the money, Smythe entered the horse he had just bought for $250, rare jewel, into the stakes race at Woodbine. Smythe's own horse trainer said rare jewel had no chance of winning, and she was a 107 to 1 long shot. Amazingly, she won the race and netted Smythe $15,570. As he collected his winnings, he turned to his friends and said, Now I can buy King Clancy. While Clancy would come to love the Maple Leafs, spending the rest of his life with the team, he was not happy about the trade, saying, quote, I never wanted to go. It was my home, and it took me a while to get over leaving. As it turned out, it was the best thing that happened to me. He would add in an interview in 1968, quote, I heard how much Mr. Smythe had handed over to Ottawa, and I must confess, I thought he was a foolish man. For Smythe, Clancy would not only turn his team into a powerhouse, it would also help get him a hockey shrine built, Maple Leaf Gardens. He would say, quote, Clancy made it possible. We were building a great team with many fine players, but Clancy made it all stick together. In his first season with the Leafs, he recorded 21 points in 44 games. In his second season, which saw him with 19 points in 48 games, he led the Maple Leafs to the Stanley Cup, the third of his career, and he would stay with the Maple Leafs for the remainder of his career until 1936-37. On March 17, 1934, in a game between the Leafs and the Ranger, it was declared King Clancy Knight, and Clancy wore a special green Maple Leafs jersey, complete with a shamrock on the back instead of his number. 
The Leafs honored him with gifts as if he was royalty, complete with a crown and regal clothing. He did agree to take off his Shamrock jersey, though, in the second period as the Rangers complained it was distracting. Clancy would later say, quote, Whenever I think back to March 17, 1934 and how the Maple Leafs honored me that night, I am still amazed at the work they did just for me. They gave me the greatest tribute an individual could ever hope to get. I didn't do anything to deserve it. They must have banded together and said, He's an Irishman. Let's give him a night. During his career, Clancy was known for having a quick wit, which often saved him from fights with legendary tough players like Eddie Shore. In one game after Shore dropped his gloves to fight Clancy, Clancy shook Shore's hand and said, Hey Eddie, how's the family? Shore immediately started laughing and skated away. For Clancy, he described hockey as, quote, a joyous kind of game. And he played it just that way, for fun. Another example of his wit was seen when Eddie Shore was hit by a teammate of Clancy. Clancy skated over and punched Shore as he was getting to his feet. Shore yelled as he got to his feet, quote, Do that again, Clancy. Clancy responded, quote, Okay, Eddie, get back down on your knees. The era that Clancy played in was known for its rough style, and Clancy would relate in his biography, quote, I'd get pushed in along the fence by a rival player, and a fan would lean over and give me a good punch in the mouth. There were fights every night. Sometimes when a fan would give you a belt on your ear, you'd lose your temper and wade into the stands after him. You'd get belted in there, too. Eventually, Clancy realized he could no longer continue as he was unable to keep weight on his already small frame. Nothing was wrong with his health, but he knew that the time was done, and he would say, quote, I was 33 and the highest paid player in the NHL when I announced I was hanging up my skates. I'll never forget the date. It was November 24, 1936. I was through as a player, but not finished as far as the Toronto Maple Leafs organization was concerned. Mr. Smythe gave me a job as a goodwill ambassador, and that kept me in touch with the game I loved. Upon his retirement, his 283 points as a defenseman were the most in NHL history. During his NHL career, he was named to the NHL first All-Star team in 1931 and 1934, and the second All-Star team in 1932 and 1933. As Howie Morenz would say, Clancy was, quote, the best defenseman of his time. Following his retirement, Clancy would briefly coach the Montreal Maroons. During his season, 1937-38, coaching the Maroons, they finished fourth and Clancy was fired. He then began working as a referee in the NHL, a career that would last 11 years. Clancy would say, quote, Believe it or not, refereeing is a hard job. You can never satisfy anybody. I wasn't used to the criticism you get as an official, and this hurt a little bit at the start. With his quick wit, Clancy often had a retort to send back at players and coaches who complained. In one game, Detroit's Ted Lindsay said, Clancy, you were the blindest son of a bitch I ever saw. Clancy responded, Ted, you're not seeing the net too well yourself. In 1949, the Montreal Canadiens hired him as a coach on their Cincinnati Mohawks AHL team. After two losing seasons, he was released, and he would take a job coaching the Pittsburgh Hornets, the AHL team for the Maple Leafs. Clancy found more success with that team winning the Calder Cup as league champions in 1951-52 and nearly repeating as champions the next year. Thanks to that success, Clancy was hired to coach the Maple Leafs in 1953-54, staying with the team for three years. And while the team made the playoffs each season, they lost in the semifinals to Detroit, 
a team in a dynasty run each year. Clancy would say of coaching the team, quote, I spent three seasons behind Toronto's bench getting into the playoffs each year, but I didn't perform any social miracles. I never did coach a Stanley Cup winner. Rather than being fired, Clancy's close friend, Con Smythe, made him an assistant general manager, which was more focused on public relations than building a team. In 1958, Clancy would be inducted into the Hockey Hall of Fame. He would remain as an assistant general manager into the 1960s as the team settled into a new dynasty in which it won four Stanley Cups under Punch Imlach. In a public tribute paid to Foster Hewitt almost exactly a year ago, on the 6th of March, 1965, King Clancy waxed eloquent about his old friend. It was almost a stand-up routine. Mr. Mayor, friends of Foster's and gentlemen. Foster? Tonight, I'm among your friends of the radio, television, newspapers, Everything. But I'm going to tell you something about Foster Hewitt as a real guy. You know, I can go back farther than Gordon Sinclair. I can go back farther than anybody, I guess, except Mr. Smythe. (laughs) Why I say that is, is that... Foster was here before I was in Toronto at the hockey club. And, you know, I could tell you a lot of stories here. See his dad here tonight, wonderful dad and his son and his son's youngster. And I don't want to give any secrets away. But I want to tell you, he was a high flyer. (laughs) Foster known to the present Toronto Maple Leafs as Chicky. <laughs> this is a new name that Emlach gave to Foster. I won't tell you what it derived from. I'm sorry that Conacher is not here tonight. You think Conacher took me out of a lot of scrapes? He took Foster out of more. (laughs) I understand Foster was, in his younger days, was a boxer. I don't know how good. But I saw him in a few. Christ, he beat me. (laughs) He was on his back more times than I was. When Imlach was fired in 1969, Clancy assumed he would be fired as well, but he was made a vice president of the team instead. Harold Ballard took over the team in 1971-72 and quickly became good friends with Clancy. In 1971-72, he stepped behind the bench for 15 games to coach the Maple Leafs while head coach John McClellan recovered from a peptic ulcer. Clancy would remain with the Leafs' front office for the rest of his life. Well, King, we've got you in the penalty box where I think some Boston's fans would like to keep you. Johnny, I've been in here many, many times in my in my career, and uh, tonight, this is an old-time game. This is the best hockey game that I've seen this winter, and I've seen 
them all. I mean, all our team played. I've seen Boston play. This has got to be the toughest, hardest game that we've played this year. And I know that I think it perhaps it's the same with Boston. And I want to give Boston a lot of credit because Cherry and Sinden, they've done a terrific job with this hockey club because on paper, they don't look like the hockey club that they are. They're a great hockey club. They're a tough hockey club. When, you get, when they get you in the corners, they don't let you out. King, uh, a lot of people uh, knocking the game of hockey over the past couple of years. Uh, you've been around in many, many years. I'm not going to tell the people just how many. In your estimation, uh, some of the knock, some of the opinions true, or is this game uh, strong? Has it got some uh, problems? I don't think there are too many problems, uh, John, because to me, this is back. This kind of hockey is back when you played with this hockey club in here. And I want to say the league hasn't gone back one iota, but we have a couple of weak teams. But every now and again, they come up big. So the hockey to me is just as good today, better than it has been years ago. How about the Leafs' performance, King, uh, so far this season? They've done a lot better than I thought they might, a lot better than a lot of people thought they might. Johnny, I think if when we get in the playoffs, I think we're going to be the team to beat. I'd like to come back here to Boston for a series with them, and this would be really something. We'd pack this place because Toronto always draws well in here, and this kind of a hockey team that we've got, we're not finished yet, you know. In another couple of years, we'll have a couple of more young guys. I don't know that, if I can stand the pressure, King. <laughs> well, it's, it's a great game. You can stand it. You've been yeah. all through this. Well, it's, a, it's been a tough uh, two periods, uh, King. Really tough. I wouldn't want to be out there, John. I really would Taking those belts they've taken tonight. Both teams have hit hard. But it's a cleanly played game. They've had a few fights. Watch this. This is all in the game. You have a few fights here and there. And this is what draws the people back. They can say what they like, you know. People don't want fights. Nine out of 10, I'm one of them. Nine out of 10 want to see a little action, and they're getting it tonight. King, I'm going to put you right on the spot. You look great. I've never seen you look so well, and you're really in fine fettle. But let me ask you a question. When did you play your first game in the National Hockey League? What year? Can you remember back? I played my first game in 1921 <laughs> with the Ottawa Senators. That's a great lousy trick, isn't it? Well, Dick? yeah, no, that's all right, John. But, you know, I had a birthday the other day. I'm 75. I've been in the National Hockey League for 58 years doing something. I'm not doing much now, but I used to come in here a lot as a player. I came in here as a referee, and I loved it. King, I want to thank you very much. As always, it's a pleasure chatting with you. Thanks very much, John. It's a pleasure being back here in Boston to meet a lot of my own friends, including yourself. King Clancy, the assistant general manager of the Toronto Maple Leafs, has been our guest here at the end of the second period, and now to Tom Larson. In 1986, Clancy had an operation to remove his gallbladder, but an infection from the gallbladder seeping into his body during the operation resulted in him going into septic shock. He would die on November 10, 1986 and is buried at Mount Hope Catholic Cemetery in Toronto. Clancy's 65 years of work in professional hockey is a record only equaled by Marcel Kronovost. He was also the last surviving member of the Stanley Cup winning Ottawa Senators of 1922-23. Along with the Hockey Hall of Fame, Clancy is a member of Canada's Sports Hall of Fame and the Ontario Sports Hall of Fame. His number 7, which was also worn by Tim Horton, was retired with all of the other honoured numbers in 2016. He was acquired by the Maple Leafs with the winnings from a horse race. His addition to the club helped fill buildings, win his Stanley Cup, and for 56 years he could be found walking the corridors of Maple Leaf Gardens. It was said of Francis Michael King Clancy, 
that he wasn't born a king. He just became one. Tonight, in honor of St. Patrick's Day, King Clancy's original banner from Maple Leaf Gardens hangs here at Air Canada Centre. Happy St. Patrick's Day, Leafs Nation! In 1998, he ranked 52nd on the list of the 100 greatest hockey players ever, and the hockey tradition continues in his family with Laura Stacy, the great-granddaughter of Clancy. She would begin her professional hockey career in 2012, and has played for Canada at the World Championships and the Winter Olympics. In 2018, she won silver with Team Canada at the Winter Olympics. She also wears number 7 to honour her great-grandfather whenever she can. The King Clancy Memorial Trophy was created in the 1987-88 season for the NHL player who best exemplifies leadership qualities on and off the ice and who has made a significant humanitarian contribution in his community. Lanny McDonald would be the first recipient of the trophy in 1988 due to his support of numerous charities. The first award was presented by Harold Ballard who called Clancy, quote, one of the greatest humanitarians that ever lived. That same Toronto sports writer who said Clancy had the face of a Dublin back alley would also say, quote, There were few defensemen in NHL history as small as he, or with a heart as big. His play was inspirational. And I will go once again back to Ballard, who said of his best friend, quote, Like most leprechauns, he never won a fight on or off the ice. In more than 50 years on the Toronto scene, he has been a player, a referee, a coach, and most important, a friend to anyone he has ever met. I hope you enjoyed that episode of my look at King Clancy. If you did, please leave a rating and review. If you like, you can email me at craig at canadaehx.com. You can visit my website where you'll find hundreds of articles on Canada's history as well as all my podcast episodes. Just go to canadaehx.com. And again, you can support the podcast for as little as $3 a month. Just go to patreon.com slash CanadaEHX, just like all of these wonderful patrons have. And I apologize if I mispronounce any names. Lori-Ann Kirby, Gary Dolovich, Nick Zinri, Pamela Elder, Shannon Marshall, Clinton Martinez, Dimitri Chauve, Aaron O'Hara-Myers, Robert Dunseith, Todd Casey, Catherine Roa, Luke S., Vic Hedges, J.P. Bear, Jason Hall, Phil Maynard, Spencer M., and Iris Gray. As well, you can find me on Facebook. Just search for Canadian History X. Remember, that's E-H-X. I'm on Twitter. My handle is Craig Baird, C-R-A-I-G-B-A-I-R-D. And don't forget, you can find me on Instagram. Just search for Bairdo37. Information comes from NHL, the official illustrated history, Hockey Hall of Fame, Wikipedia, BrianMcFarland.com, Canada Sports Hall of Fame, NHL.com, IceHockey.Fandom.com, Maple Leafs Legends, NHL.com, and Greatest Hockey Legends. Thanks. We'll see you again next time. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.